welcome, welcome, welcome to Bard's Backlog, episode number three. I am your host, Josh Gallegos, as always. And joining me this week, the effervescent, the indomitable, the casual. <laughs> the casual. Jerry yes. Benson. How's it going, man? I am doing so good. It's so good to be back with you, Josh Gallegos. How? The fluent, the affluent. <laughs> <laughs> I am fluent in English, at least. I, I, I definitely, I, you know what? That is one of my like dreams is to be fluent in another language. I don't know about same. you. Same. Uh, yeah. No. Which would you? I'm what would lazy. you pick? First French. Uh, I just like how it sounds. I like the emphasis. Have you ever watched The Matrix Reloaded when they go in and they're talking to the French bad guy and he's like, "Oh, I just love French." It's. I do. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Go watch that scene. You it's just the like the compelling... romantic aspects. Let's be honest. No, not even. It just he sounds like a total. <laughs> sounds like a bad guy that's French. fair that's okay so you <laughs> so you want to be able to have that sort of air about you you already got of, yes yeah honestly anyone go look up a picture of jared he's like right on the edge of like bad guy charm and good guy charm like and, and it's all in the chin dude it's all in the chin there, I'm <laughs> there's so many bad jareds in the world today too so it's like <laughs> i just naturally come across as a villain that's true that's true that's a name like uh, more yeah. of a henchman name though if I'm being I think honest. Jared Leto is the person that comes to mind. Ooh. He's playing Morbius in the upcoming uh, Morbius movie. Yes. Uh, and I'm looking forward to And he's nuts. He also played the uh, crazy gangster Joker in... Um, uh, right. Uh, not, not Birds of Prey, but the one before it. Suicide he had Squad. the grill. Maybe yep. that's what you need. You just need those teeth. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that in mind, uh, this is, of course, Bard's Backlog, the ever-growing catalog of video games inducted into the hall of games we jared and i are the gatekeepers and subsequent executioners of any video game candidate including today's candidate um and that's all stuff i wrote down which is why it sounds so great but uh i'm trying to get a little bit more of a rigmarole going on at the beginning of course you can submit your questions to us via twitter mine is at video game bard jared is at Jared T. Ben. And that can be for our default segment, which I would love actually just to get some feedback from the audience from, how they feel about the segment, and then also like what it could potentially be. Right now, I'm kind of just making up topics for it, and I like that because um, it lets us get into some interesting stuff. Last time we talked about ghosts, but mm-hmm. um, I'd like to keep that more of an open-ended thing and maybe even just the spot where we have... Um, random listener questions like if you guys want to ask us about the Kool-Aid man and whether he's the jar or liquid or the liquid I'd like to know you know like ask us those kinds of questions have you ever thought about that I have not you you bring up interesting thoughts that my I would never go there in my brain (laughs) you know I heard it I honestly heard it on another podcast I'm gonna be completely honest but it's such an intriguing thought what if he was poured out like could he could he assume another jar and then, or is he the know. jar? I've, I've seen him on Family Guy make a cameo, and then he gets shot, and all his Kool Aid runs out, and he dies. So I don't know. <laughs> so it's like our innards. Like that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. He's both, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's both. But he's also like he's got like some powerful glass because he's smashing through brick like it's nothing. You ain't wrong. And I'm telling you, like I work in the real estate industry. Like when they're building buildings these days, <laughs> they, you should not be able to just smash through it, especially with a jar. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, last time on Bard's Backlog, we talked about Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, and, of course, that got the axe. We did not include that into our Hall of Games. Right. And 
right now we're bi-weekly. We focus on singular video games then. I'm thinking right now about potentially even doing an off week where we do industry updates, or at least um, I can come in for that and do some industry updates via uh, what I'm going to be calling probably the video game bar report. Uh, that might end up being its own thing. I, I'm, I'm still kicking around that idea. And actually, that leads me into the last little bit of housekeeping before we get into the games we're playing this week. Um, I'm working on a Patreon, but I've put it on hiatus because I'm trying to decide right now what products to include. Essentially, um, I said hopefully launch in the in the week, but I meant a year. So within the year, I want to be able to put this all together. And I'm tempting, attempting not to overwhelm not only... Um, the audience, but myself with too many things going on at once. And so I'm trying to figure out exactly how many other products I can include in that platform and what that looks like for you guys. But I'd love to be able to get that set up within a year. That's kind of the goal. As of right now, Bard's Backlog essentially only exists as a little podcast blip on your phone. So if you are listening to this, thank you, um, and make sure that you hit the little notification button. I think a lot of the podcast apps now have that option. Anytime that we pop up, which is bi-weekly right now, you will be able to stay in touch with us. So uh, with that said, let's get into the games we play in. Jared. You promised the audience a little update on Super Mario Party last time. How's that going? So I absolutely love it. It is my favorite version so far. It is, in in summary, it is the best version of the motion control that you get when Nintendo invented the Wii and a classic video game gameplay feel. It is the best combination of both. If you're familiar with Mario Party, you know that you get mini games, uh, you get... uh, in some of the later editions you get side thing like side quests uh sure. different areas of the game that you can play in Mario Party 5 even you can build your own cart uh and and shoot and like play battle carts like that's a whole separate wing of the Mario Party game not a lot of people know about yeah. um so there's there's a whole it's a game that you can play outside of what you think of when you think of playing it with a bunch of friends. But that is definitely the best part. The games are faster. They're more intense. They're quicker. The mini they don't games, last as long. I'm talking, no, not even the mini games. I'm talking about the whole gameplay. Like, so a typical Mario oh, Party oh, oh, set okay, okay. is you get onto a board, uh, with spaces, um, that vary and change, take coins away, add coins, uh, to your party. And, um, and then you, you don't have it's it just loops so you go around and you're collecting stars to win and whoever has the most stars at the end wins so it's it's mario monopoly but but these games you know in the older versions they could take forever i remember thinking like a game that was 25 turns was like an hour and a half long it's ridiculous so this game makes up for that by having very small boards very intense boards you can collect multiple stars in one turn that wasn't the case typically for previous Mario Party games. Right. So it's faster, it's more intense. It's like um, if you've ever played, you know, Monopoly on your phone, how quickly you move around that board. It's the same same idea. Uh, and I had no, I've you know, I've been playing Mario Party for years, and I had no idea who's gonna win at the end of the game. It's right. just so up in the air. So yeah. it's awesome. Cool. Yeah. No. I. You know, it's a. It's a fun game. I was playing it actually after talking about it. I wanted to try it again. I was playing it this last week with some friends, and it was embarrassing how much better I was 
at just like I knew how the system worked, you know? Yeah. I racked yeah. up so many stars. <laughs> felt terrible. <laughs> like everyone was just looking at me, glaring at me. I was like, oh, sorry, having fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the difference between um, you know, casual Jared and <laughs> Well it's not even that like Josh Guy goes. <laughs> it was just a matter of like I just knew it a little bit better. But it, it's one of those sure. games where in the party setting, like it can tear up, like apart relationships. And I was reminded of oh, that yeah. <laughs> very quickly. And it's great. Actually, you have a little bit better of a handle on the Mario Party lore than I do. The extent of like what I understand comes from... I played the 3DS game a lot. Yep. And a couple of the Wii ones, which honestly are not at par. Even with this one. This one, I think, is uh, a much better version than those. Uh, I The other one that always sticks out in my brain is the one with Mario with a cowboy hat on. I think that might be three. Um, it's way just, back. Yeah, way back when. That was like the very first one. That was um, back when I was first getting into gaming. Little Josh playing his N64 back in the day. But that's there awesome. Uh, what about this other one, Brawl Stars? So if you if you are familiar with Brawl Stars, good for you. You found an excellent game. But I'll just give you a quick background. Supercell, the creators of Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, which you know have gone viral in succession, and Boom Beach, a lesser known title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Supercell created all those games. Great games. Um, I have played of, Boom Beach. Oh, have you? Yeah, my I, brother's played it too. He likes it. I haven't played it myself. I but. got into a Supercell kick. Actually, Clash Royale is a big danger for me. I get real addicted to that game because I just I and it's so in depth now. Anyway, sorry, I'm taking away from it. What no, you're, you're gr- no, that's exactly right. Um, so Clash Royale, you you send out fighters. It's mm-hmm. a timing kind of thing. You know, it's it kind of interesting how how. Supercell has created a product that kind of merges and morphs and takes the best version of the last game that they released and advances that in another level. So Clash of Clans, you create a village that has a certain number of stats. You upgrade all those stats. You upgrade your labs. You can get better soldiers so you can attack villages better. And then those villages have different portions of their wall that are stronger than others. So you got to attack and run. So it took that, sending out troops to fight. Boom Beach is similar. Boom Beach is similar. And then... Uh, Clash Royale was sending out those exact same troops, so it's all of the same characters, but now you're just attacking one singular objective. It's so much simpler. It's like the war, Clash of Clans, but uh, watered down into just the best elements. And then this, Brawl Stars, is it, you take one of those characters that you would send out from your castle, although it's different. I mean, they're they're similar, but it's a, if it's a different vibe. You'll see what I mean. Okay. And you control one of those characters from above, you know, third person, point and shoot. You can run around. The controls are great. You just have uh, on a, your touch screen, so I have my Google Pixel. My left thumb, obviously, is to control the character. The right thumb is to point and shoot or just tap and shoot. So it's really easy to use. Um, and it takes the best elements of Clash Royale and distills it even further. Supercell is just killing the game. Uh, they actually came out with this. I don't. I think it was early 2018. Okay. I think, but I popped into it late 2018 and uh, got rid of it, and then just picked it up a couple weeks ago, and I, I forgot how much fun it was. So it's got some of those live elements that Clash Royale has. Well, I guess they all yep. do, but it a little bit more in depth. Is the third is the third person point and shooting is that accurate? Like, how does that feel? It feels awesome. You okay. really do have to give the game. Uh, it's my favorite version of uh, of that type of shooter where you're running around and uh, it kind of has small teams, intimate settings. You have uh, you're two other people on your team. You try to collect gems while you kill the other players. Kind of. 
uh, or you heist, you know, you'll go to the other end of the map, kind of like a capture the flag situation. Different game modes, uh, vibrant, colorful. Um, it's just awesome. It's, it feels comic booky. Um, it feels okay. like maybe a, a little bit more um, mm, vibrant, like colorful scheme of, of Borderlands. I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, Borderlands comes across. Is this cell shaded? As in, like, does it have, like, a black outline kind of like the comic book? Like, you think of, like, I think of, like, large black lines at the edge of a character sort yeah. of feel. No, you're right. That's actually kind of a bad comparison, so I'll, I'll take that back. But, like, it feels comic booky, but not in not that extremely. Okay. But um, but it's it's great. Very well-balanced opponents. You could pick up any character and use them adeptly after a couple of tries, and yet it's still challenging. It's just a great, really well-balanced game. Cool. Wow, I might have to try that out. Honestly, like especially when it comes to the feel of mobile games, I'm, yep. I'm very picky. And oh, I'm same way. And and the fact that you're saying that, like, I that's the big thing about Clash Royale. It just feels good to drop those. Yes, it does. Those uh, troops, and it feels good to be able to kind of like coordinate them, figure out which ones bounce off the other. Well, I'm gonna have to check out this Brawl Stars. I think. Uh, most of the things you end up bringing up, I like after like right after the podcast, I'm like, oh man, I gotta go try that out. <laughs> <laughs> so you sound me pretty well. And actually, speaking of mobile and like things that feel good, I was just before you called playing Super Mario Run and um, have a big moment of victory. So uh, the game is set up. There's about I think it's six worlds, each with four levels, and the levels themselves are quick and easy to get through, and they're all interesting and built in their own way. But where the challenge and the skill comes in is in the collectibles which are little coins different colored coins and there's three layers of collectible in each level and i'm on the third layer which is the most difficult and i have been fighting this one specific level it's i think it's world one three i'm like barely to world one three trying to get through this thing and it is like technical but it feels and i brought this up last week it feels so good like just controlling mario and you can tell that the finesse is there he rolls when he hits the ground and he'll do a little cool flip sometimes when he jumps and that's something that you don't get in a regular mario game so it's a really interesting unique to mobile feel yeah and it's just it's awesome uh i again would recommend that game to anyone uh with that being said i have actually been playing a little game called super metroid now, this is one a lot of people will recognize because it's very old. And, of course, the Metroid series has been around for a while. Have you ever played a Metroid game, Jared? No. I, well, that's not true. I played Metroid Prime for the GameCube barely, but I okay. was so bad at it, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick it up again. There's a, bit of a, there's a bit of a learning curve, especially on that first Prime game, so I don't blame you. But oh, like the Metroid series just has a special place in my heart for sure. Now, Super Metroid is the granddaddy of... Even the Metroidvania genre, of course, the name comes from the title itself. Um, And it's short. I didn't realize how short it was. It took me about five and a half hours to actually beat the game. I I definitely needed a guide to get through. Um, It's surprisingly vague, especially considering the series as a whole, I think, is very good at kind of directing people through things. Super Metroid... Is definitely old in that way. You can it's it shows its age, um, but at the same time, the wonder of discovery, the little moments of like connecting different parts of the map, finding little secrets. You get a little um, a little laser that you can not a laser, but like a visor that you can use to scan the 
the room that you're in and it'll reveal any secrets. So doing that room by room, eventually you're going to beat the game because it'll show it all to you. But if you don't do that, sometimes it's really vague. And I was kind of surprised about that, but, um, a fantastic game. I, I put way more time into it than I did into Fortnite, which is our game for pick this week. Um, and that was because it was just, enrapturing me and was a nice little thing to kind of just like at the end of the day and this is the beauty of the switch uh it's i just have it on my switch through the super nintendo um entertainment system that you get access to on uh if you play pay for the online and i just lay in my bed and kick back at the end of the night and as i'm like slowly closing my eyes and falling asleep i'm just killing a bunch of aliens in this terrifying uh, off world that uh samus finds herself on that's the thing about the Metroid series too that I've always found fascinating is the um, the sense of alien that you get not only from obviously the fact that there's a bunch of aliens but even just the fact that you feel like you're on a hostile world and yep. you're all alone. A sense of loneliness. These are just things that have always clicked with me with the franchise and it was really awesome to just take some time away from my trying to play Fortnite well and uh, just push through this one. I do want to bring up one little moment that I had, and I felt Please I felt like do. a noob. I'm excited to hear about this. <laughs> I I did. So I hit my first roadblock, um, like probably an hour in. I was doing pretty well. I was figuring out a lot of the clues that were going on, and there's a lot of subliminal clues that it gives. Like sometimes, like you'll just see, like you'll you'll walk into a room, and there will be an animal there that you can't kill, and he'll do something, and that's supposed to teach you that you're able to do that too. I didn't pick up on that the first time it happened. I kind of walked into this room and you, there's this bridge and, and I find out later it's actually called the noob bridge because it, it separates the, the hardcore from a newbie. Um, and yeah, it, it was very unfortunate uh, that this happened to me. And I was trying to essentially, you're supposed to run and there's a run button. Um, you're supposed to run across the bridge and I think it got demonstrated right before by one of these little animals and I didn't realize there was a run button. I was trying to get past. I got stuck. I was getting so frustrated trying to figure out if there was another way around or anything. And I was laying in bed. It was one of the nights I was just hanging out in bed and my wife was next to me and she kind of was understanding that I was getting frustrated and everything. I was probably crying (laughs) out in anger. And she looked it up. She was like, let me just look it up really fast. And I at first was like, no, like I'll figure this out, you know, trying to be the man. And uh, she found out that it was called new bridge was laughing at me uh pretty (laughs) in a very deriding way and she was like there's a run button i was like there's not a run button i know metroid i know this franchise like i've played all the games metroid zero mission is one of my favorite games of all time top three for sure maybe even top two and she was like nope there's a run button and as sure enough all i had to do is hold down one button and i got past it and that was my very sorry noob moment for the game. And after that, I kind of gave into my pride. Any other time I got stuck, I kind of just went and looked up a guide. So the game probably would have taken me a little bit longer. And I bet it did in the past. Uh, the games like that, especially older ones, were built to kind of be a bit difficult in that way and vague because they wanted people to play them longer. Mm. Um, so I, I'm sure it would have taken me a little bit longer. But just as a five and a half hour snack, it was great. I've uh, been playing that, and then just quickly, I've also been pl- 
replaying Darksiders Genesis when I've had the time. Honestly, haven't put a whole lot of effort into it, but um, it's a top-down spin-off of the Darksiders franchise. People may recognize that name. I'm a big fan of the franchise. They're very Zelda-like in the way that they typically play. Um, this one is a spin-off, so it's a little bit different in the controls and everything. It's a lot more um, Diablo-like, I would say, if I had to make comparisons. I know people a lot of times hate comparisons, especially if you don't know what the comparison is to. But well, it, what do you mean by that, since I'm not really sure what you mean by that, because I haven't played Diablo. It's a twin-stick um, dungeon crawler where it's isometric view. You're looking down on your character, and you go into... Um, dungeons and you go through and you you're killing lots of people using lots of spells uh it's very action heavy in that way actually torchlight 2 would probably be a good um, comparison for you to come like directly for you i know that doesn't necessarily work for the audience unfortunately but um this is a lot like that and then you just it's just level based you're going into each level and fighting a bunch of enemies and using your spells and whatnot um the war plus strife dynamic in the game. So to back up really fast, the Darksiders franchise is based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is what drew me to it initially. Um, so it's got a lot of Catholic um, lore behind it and these ideas of angels and demons and Nephilim. And then in between all of them are the four horsemen who are supposed to maintain order. There's war, there's death, there's fury, and there's strife. And those are definitely not biblical, (laughs) but um, (laughs) war and strife and strife is the new addition for this particular game. Make a really great team. War is very like gruff. He's serious. All he wants to do is get the job done. And strife is a lot more of a, a jokey, like back and forth guy. He's, and so they make, yeah, it gets very interesting in in, in the way that the dialogue works and, and, and very entertaining. Actually, it's very, it's written surprisingly well. And I was surprised about that because the other games, though, deep in like the way that the world is set up and maybe um the way that these different forces are clashing they never were funny this one is um and so that's been fun uh, and then i've been playing that on top of all the other games uh, that i try to tackle so um with that in mind you know what we have wasted enough time here already and quite <laughs> honestly i have some food coming up that i'm excited to eat so we're gonna skip over the default segment Um, I wanted to talk a little bit this week about games as a service just because uh, the game that we're talking about for the potential to be entered into the Hall of Games is Fortnite, which is one of the biggest games as a service now and um, was one of the pioneers, I think, in that field. We're going to skip over that and just jump right into the pick of the week, and that is Fortnite. Now, before I jump into what we have here, Jared, just give me your impressions. You're like you're such an interesting like part of this conversation because you hadn't played Fortnite up until you did for this assignment. What do you think of it? You know, to be honest with you, my first impression was not good. Uh, I downloaded mm. the game for the Switch, uh, but I, but from looking on YouTube, it seems like this is a not necessarily a problem, but you know me being a casual gamer, <laughs> uh, I downloaded it for the Switch, which is free, and that's super cool. Love that they're releasing it, that that it's for free, right? But at the same time, I had to, I I jumped in the game and spent ten dollars because I had no idea what I was doing, Oof. and I think I bought the battle pass on accident. Now I can I can spend ten dollars. It's not like I was just annoyed that the layout was so unclear. Mm. Like when you download PUBG, 
you know, you jump in, play a game immediately. You know exactly where you're going. There's no issues. You, you, you know, you know exactly what to expect because it's a smaller, less detailed game. But Fortnite is so busy with the, you know, with everything going on that my first impression was just disgusted. I was like, where is the, where do I just go shoot people? The user interface, <laughs> yeah, yes, is frustrating. It's awful awful first impression and i'm still trying to navigate everything i still am like wait where how do i where was i now i know that sounds like a casual problem but i just was not impressed with how things so my first impression was like really this is the hype no i agree especially like as someone who has played way too many games in their life i had actually a very similar experience when i first started to play it i was like how do i jump into a match am i on the right menu and it's all Did I download the right thing? Like, yeah. I really was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the game itself was free, so you kind of expect it, I don't know, you expect it to be a little more user-friendly. Um, yeah. And it, it definitely is not. Now, I would say Fortnite, as a service itself, it is a, a an online game. It's primarily, fr- the, the main mode that people think of when they think of Fortnite is free anyway. Um so you just you're supposed to just jump in and play and you play the quick battle royale matches obviously like a PUBG like an Apex Legends but i think we would be doing the disservice of the game if we didn't talk about its cultural impact where yes. were you when you first heard the term Fortnite do you remember <laughs> uh you know i was i was browsing the internet and I saw a headline, this was early last year, um, that Fortnite breaks the video game world. Uh, and this was anticipation of, of I think, the ceiling in the map cracking. Like, okay. that's literally the first time I had heard it was early yeah. last year when they were talking about that. It was supposed to be some big event. And, you know, they also had Marshmallow um, DJing live while people were playing. I forgot uh, about that, yeah totally super interesting stuff but you know i'm not the hugest fan of first person so i I didn't pay it any mind but that's when when i first heard of it yeah no it's it's i'd say for sure a game of moments and it's a game Mm. of big events those have been what have been its bread and butter at least up until this point i think it's gotten some hefty competition from especially apex legends i would say yes um has really started to use that event idea in their own way and and doing it are doing it pretty well now fortnite started out as just a little side game by the epic games um developer they of course built unreal engine they're known for that and they have a few other games that they've done but this is their now claim to fame and and it's because of the way that they've utilized it they definitely this is i would consider this a game that is a hodgepodge of other games good ideas PUBG was taking off at the time, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, for those people who don't know. And that was taking what is now a very popular battle royale concept, you know, drop 100 people on a map, last person alive wins, um, yep. and making it into a very powerful um, game mode in the industry. And Epic Games saw this, basically just stole the idea, put it into their um, little building game that they had started to make. And from there, started to capitalize on it with events. I really wanted to just go over the history of Fortnite just briefly and kind of hit the big ones that I could think of and that I was seeing in my research and everything as we were getting involved in this. Season 3, um, and, and that was the other thing, they they started the idea of seasons. So there's a lot of yep. games now who are taking on this concept of seasons. You can see it in Call of Duty. Uh, Apex does it super well. And they kind of started to push this idea and this is where games as a service comes in they're more living games games that are 
seasonal, yeah. just like a TV show, you know, it come like it changes over time. Um, mm-hmm. They really started to do this well, um, and especially with their season three. Season two, I think, was their the first introduction of a battle pass, and season three started to see in-game incremental changes and hints, and that's also the same season where the popularity of Fortnite really took off. That's when Ninja streamed with Drake. Ninja now yep. a world-famous streamer, one of the probably the biggest one for sure. Um, they broke Twitch records for live viewing at the time and um, really put Fortnite on the map. Uh, that was probably the start of what became such a cultural phenomenon. You know, it, it took over YouTube 2018 and everything. Uh, pretty crazy, just the way that it escalated from there. And from there, they were able to actually land a contract with Marvel, and that's when uh, Thanos appeared on the map. I remember that. That was when my first um, exposure to the game came, and that's when I started to look into it. I never got into the game really i think i played for a little while a little bit later down the line but um with season four they started to do this contract with marvel which is a big deal because that was at the same time that marvel was in the middle of their infinity war saga um which of course another giant cultural thing going on oh yeah Uh, so pretty cool and then season four ended with the first one-time event and this is where fortnite's claim to fame truly comes in in these events that happen at the end of their season what happened was um and i had to look it up to be honest but a meteor came through in the game on the map itself crashed into the map and changed it and at the same time introduced this whole new concept of time travel um and adding to what would basically be a living games lore and that was such a big deal in the community. Streamers were on top of that. People were trying to pay attention to it. It hit all kinds of headlines on top of the fact that people were already watching it because of streamers like Ninja. Um, and that's really where uh, the the uniqueness of this particular Games as a Service came in and where they started to do things that, honestly, the industry had never seen done before. Uh, and it was pretty cool in that regard. Uh, just running down the list of other things that happened after that, that was probably the biggest marker in-game uh, of what this could be. And they really, after that, Epic really did run away with the concept. Uh, the real-world f- stuff that they did is genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I was about to get to. In Season 5, um, they did some real-world marketing ploys. I, the ones that I was seeing were um, they had a Durr Burger, which is a, a location on the map in the game, just a restaurant sign being spotted out in the California desert. I think it was by one of the highways, so it was like something, you know, people kind of look over, what is that? That's never been there before. And then, lo and behold, as they look it up, hey, what is this Fortnite? You know, that's a little interesting. And then they started to, across the nation, drop little loot llamas, which is their little version of, like, exploding llamas in the game that drop loot, um, just around places. And that was in preparation for whatever that big event that was coming up. They were just capitalizing like their concept of marketing and how they used marketing is just phenomenal obviously everybody knows fortnite now every kid in the world wants to play fortnite and it's because their marketing team i hope they're just getting paid as much as the guys who made the game i don't know i because I, I think that they are owed just as much of the credit and it's and, interesting because they didn't even really have to sell themselves when they do things like that because it's so 
unique. They blur the lines between reality and video game and culture all at once. And they have like real time or real life loot llamas, you know, that kind of thing. And the internet markets for them. All they have to do exactly. is be unique. It probably costs them like like $150 to make that loot llama and then have someone drop it off. <laughs> like it really and then the internet marketed for them and it's just genius. Absolute genius. And in the internet age too, I think it's just so interesting how oh, yeah. like they use this sense of like real world discovery in a age where nothing is like not known anymore. You know, you could just look up everything and they were they were putting out posing questions and setting up this sense of mystery. People are like, what is going on? This is so unique within the industry itself and even just on the internet. And so uh, that was season five for them. Season six is really where it starts to get wacky. And and this is where they started to lose me, I remember. Because I was definitely on the, like, Fortnite's awesome train up until that point. But um, I have written down here a giant purple cube named Kevin caused a trans-dimensional rift on the map. And then at this point, all crap hit the fan. Fortnite becomes a multi-timeline multi-dimensional hodgepodge event game where they're all about the events they're all about the what they can do to change like these one-time events that are happening in real time for streamers to be alongside so they really capitalize on that part of the culture Mm -hmm. for sure and i just want to read real quick a little bit later down the line season eight's description so that you can get a feel for just how crazy it gets uh it says here on the classic wikipedia page or just their regular wikipedia page uh, season eight is adventure slash pirate slash tropical slash fire themed. And the last days of the seventh season, the island, the Fortnite Island was rocked by earthquakes that created cracks on the ground, eventually heralding the appearance of a large volcano in the Northeast corner of the map that erupted. The eruption from the volcano melted most of the snow on the island and eradicated the nearby features and replaced them with a lagoon and an Aztec-like temple complex. At this point, they're just throwing all kinds of ideas. Um, The eruption from the volcano also created dangerous lava flows surrounding the volcano, pirates, ninjas, and more unreal adventures, including a prisoner of the Ice King, who I don't know who he is. He must be a part of that world somehow. Oh, it says he, he the Ice King broke free and developed an affinity for fire, whatever that means. Um, so pirates, ninjas, unreal adventures, enter the fold, hunting for treasure and victory. So they just, they didn't know, like at this point, like Fortnite is such a cartoony, just kind of generic looking game anyway. They were just throwing every possible idea at the fan, and it apparently was working for them. Um, it and here at, at the end of this description, they're talking about some lore stuff that like doesn't even make sense to me. It says near the end of the season, a special event called the Unvaulting took place, which allowed players to enter a dimension named Nexus. The dimension gave players the ability to vote for a weapon to be reintroduced into the game. Okay, that's cool. Um, and after the drum gun won the vote, the volcano, the volcano that erupted at the a little earlier, I guess, and volcanic rocks flew out of the volcano. Oh, and it erupted again. Uh, these huge rocks struck and destroyed tilted towers and real retail row, which were big points on the map, as well as severely damaging polar peak. So they had outdone themselves, I think, up until this point so much that they just started to do anything they possibly could and build in so much into it. And that just speaks to the the megalithic game that is Fortnite and what it had become in such a short amount of time, even just culturally. I mean, 
it was as prolific of a word as coronavirus is now, you know? Yes. And speaking of, do you, how are you feeling? You know, to be honest, I, I stocked up a little bit. Um, people are going nuts over toilet paper, and I'm just kind of like, food is my primary concern. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be able as to we eat. Dis- as we discussed earlier. But, uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I work with old people, so I'm, I am nervous. Uh, hmm. That's my job. I run, you know, I help run the business where I'm a home health aide, so. Interesting. Well, yeah. I hope you're okay. I uh, got the flu like two week, two and a half weeks ago, and people yeah. treated me differently. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I just want to say. So anyway, uh, Fortnite, to wrap all this up, it, it, it is a game of big events. Um, and with chapter two, which is where the game is at now, and where, like, honestly, you don't really see it a whole lot even mentioned in um, the games industry itself, which I follow fairly closely. Um, and that's because they've kind of played all their cards. And that's because at the end of what is now chapter one, which is the first, I believe, 10 seasons of Fortnite total, they began or they ended that season by wiping the entire island out by sucking it into a black hole that essentially wiped the slate clean for them it restarted Fortnite. there was a 36 hour period where the game was unplayable um and the developers basically which is cool they got to destroy their own massive creation that they were able to do i mean who's able to say that you know like they did that, and then they restarted the whole thing with a bunch of other games ideas, and that's where it's at now. Uh, and that's the history of Fortnite. So, Fortnite. It's a game. People play it. Kids love it. Uh, it started out as its own little Save the World, which is the game that you actually are supposed to buy. Like, if you want to buy Fortnite, you're supposed to buy Fortnite Save the World. Nobody knows that. Um, and they... They've not handled their world building super well, but it is hard to talk about without talking about these moments. But now we have to do that, Jared. What did you think you of know, the shooting in the game? You know, it, I, I felt it. I, I thought it was a little clunky. Um, to be honest with you, my favorite version of a first-person shooter was, oh, I don't know, that crazy. I think it was Black Ops Three, where you can like wall run. I mean, that game is Ooh. so nuts. Yeah. So it's like when you have a smooth. multi. Yeah, you have a multi-dimensional, you know, kind of vertical threat that's legitimate. You know, it makes the game so much more intense, especially if you're playing small maps like Nuketown. Right. So it's it's it is different. It's noticeably different. I thought it was clunky. Maybe it's just the switch. Maybe it's my connection. Maybe I just suck. I don't know. <laughs> but to be honest, but I felt it really was clunky. I don't know. It's just like the lag time um, when you like jump up in the air. It's just not quick. It's it's slower. Um, you know, for example, that's just one. So. Um, so I, I thought it was a little clunky, to be honest. No, I I honestly agree with you, especially on the Switch. And I know that that plays a part of it. Like, people on PC are going to be screaming their heads off. All the Fortnite fans of the world are probably screaming their heads off, even at the way that I kind of just explained the game. But um, it's a classic Battle Royale. You drop in, um, 100 players, only one wins, or if you're playing squads or whatever. And they've thrown in other modes, too. But I that was the first thing I noticed when I first played the game. When it comes to shooters feeling like the way, that, and I, I said this for mobile games too, but and maybe that's just how I am as a gamer, but the way that the game feels, if it doesn't click with me immediately, I'm grossed out, like almost from the get-go. My yeah. brother, uh, my brother Sean was super into Fortnite. Uh, he would watch streams and everything, and he got, he got past it and was able to get to that level. There's like a whole other level in the game where uh, if you're good at the building aspect, um, 
you can kind of like use that as a way to throw up immediate barriers and stuff. And uh, streamers do it all the time. That's it makes for some really cool moments when you can kind of combine that with the shooting and you can get semi good at that. That's where the game starts to get a little bit fun, but inherently it's just kind of generic. To be honest, I think this is why Apex is called the Fortnite killer is mm-hmm. because of the the gameplay itself. The the gameplay just pure comparison by comparison. I mean, think about it. When you swing that pickaxe around, you land on Fortnite and you swing you it's just slow, man. I mean, you're doing like you're right. you could do a figure eight in 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 the air faster. And I know maybe that's realistic. I'm using air quotes, but still like compared to Apex or Call of Duty or Black Ops, you know, it just feels clunky. No, I I agree. And I really, I, Apex would be the perfect per, like p- thing to point to because it's it's created by um, old developers of actually Call of Duty who, when they had really honed what a shooter could like so wonderfully feel like, um, and this game is not that, uh, and and really if you're if you're not playing on PC you're never going to really enjoy I don't think the way it truly feels unless you, I mean I guess I can't speak for everyone but even as I speak as someone who has really tried to love Fortnite. I really have. I've put in time with my brothers on it. I've put in time on my own this last couple of weeks trying to get back into it. And it's just, it doesn't click for me. I got to be honest. So maybe I'm not the best person to judge it. But it is because of the way it feels. The way the actual game time is played out. I hate the fact that when you drop, you very slowly float like it makes you it forces you to float at the end too it feels and you're just in the air for however freaking long it just drives me insane and then when you're whacking things it doesn't feel good um things just kind of like bounce and like boing when you hit them with your axe which i don't find enjoyable at all i'd rather kind of get a little bit of a haptic feedback there um and then the shooting itself like you said i think clunky is the perfect word for it I can certainly understand that. I think um, as far as like the the dropping in, as far as that whole setup, and maybe not how it looks per se, but how it plays. I actually preferred PUBG to it, to be honest with you. And there's sure. a sense of there's a sense of anxiety you get when you're dropping in. You can see other people dropping into that. I love. That's one thing that I really enjoy actually. But it also is like kind of maddening to see other people get to the ground before you and you get frustrated because you're like, wait a second, <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't even have a chance. They're going to shoot right. me like, you know, before I even get to a weapon. So, I mean, that's, that's part of it. But what did you think of the design? I, you've mentioned in the last couple of episodes that you are one who kind of like enjoys the way things generally look and you, and you, you kind of, I feel like you have a good eye for when things are uh, like pop, like you said with Brawl Stars. Sure. I think um, I think Fortnite's appeal is definitely the vibrant colors. Even with this this cast of characters, you know the battle pass where you're like that buffed cat and like yeah the, the current one Midas guy. Love that stuff. That's sure. all great. I love that. But at the same time, it does kind of repel an older audience. You think about mm. these guys that you know are you know in their 30s or or and they're looking for something to feel a little bit more mature, and they still have to have their wives respect them. Like <laughs> they're they're not going to want their <laughs> wife pop in pop, popping in. To to see them playing a neon glowing pink rabbit you know what i yeah. mean so so it's it's just different it's unique i love the fact you know the the two highest paid youtubers are under 18 hmm. they're the you know they're kids and so when you think about what powers this game it is the eyeballs of of kids and so i for 
when I consider that, I think it's right where it needs to be. Sure. But as far as my personal preference, I mean, I love the colors, but at the same time, I prefer how Halo looks. I prefer how Apex looks, to be honest. That makes sense. And that's where I think Apex is definitely winning out, um, even just from the way that they've built their world and lore. I'd love to talk about Apex, by the way. We could totally do a whole we episode should. on that. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the design for sure is a – it's a cartoony catch-all look. That's what I That's what I said, like – uh, you can throw anything in there and it looks fine. And they have, like I said, they've done crossovers with Marvel. Um, they've done it with other video games like Borderlands. They've done it with Star Wars at this point. And you'll see people with those skins in the game. And it works. They're able to do that and that's awesome. But it is aimed at kids for sure. And um, But even in that, I, I can't help but get irritated with the way the game is set up. Um, and maybe I can... I'm going to end out with this point. Uh I, I just can't imagine having a kid who has access to the UI in that game and you stumbled into it and accidentally bought it, the battle pass for $10, you know? Like, I can't imagine a kid, like, that was the thing about the game, even just picking up after however long it's been since I played it last time. It seemed a little bit um, predatory, almost, in, yeah. in the way that it pushes its microtransactions. That was very I frustrating. Agree. Yep. Um, and that was that ties into what I was going to talk about with games as a service. I think there's a balance with these types of games, and there's more and more every day. I think Apex pulls off that balance beautifully. Fortnite, it it Not seems so like much. they know that they're at the top, and yes. they're just trying to shove it down your throat. Um, yeah. And that frustrated me for sure. Do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, before the debate, I was going to ask you about the thank the bus driver. I still don't get that. Oh, <laughs> it was a meme. Like, this is the other thing about Fortnite. It, it leaned into the cultural side of things, and oh, it yeah. became a big deal. There was a meme going around that um, you should thank your bus driver. You know, just be a good, decent human being. I remember watching it on PewDiePie's channel. He rated it. Um, and actually, after he covered it, and then it started to get into Fortnite, there was a bus, um, that you, the battle bus that you drop off on. Uh, they... Uh, they added into the game that you can thank the bus driver which is just <laughs> leaning into the meme uh so like that's it. what that is uh well with that in mind will this game be entered into the hall of games jared what do you think yes and i feel like i feel like i might lose you here but yes i'd like to hear i'd like to hear reasons because i i find it hard it's di- definitely difficult for me to just throw it in. Sure. So I think, uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 as a whole, I have to rate the game probably like, you know, somewhere between like an 8 and like an 8.5, somewhere in there, just for me personally. However, okay. if you're going to take the different categories, the different branches of the game, what Fortnite has tried to do, the culture, the lore, the gameplay, everything, you have to take points away and add points together. And I think it comes out on top as such a, as such a game-changing game that you have to put it into the, the Hall of Games. So here's what I mean by that. As far as they they are so good in fact the best i've ever seen at building a culture that's mm. accessible to so many people they get more than 10 points they have to they are the leader of the industry when it comes to building a brand as far as a video game but Fortnite, it's clunky jared it's clunky 
<laughs> it is. So on gameplay, I mean, they lose a good chunk of points. To be honest with you, um, like I just the way it feels, the way it flows, the way it plays, and that's so important to me. I would I would rate them down near the bottom. I'd have to say two uh, two or three. Oof. But at the same time, but at the same time, you have to consider the building dynamic. What makes the game unique? Hmm. Um, the 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 culture they've built the fact that they took on what was popular about PUBG what was popular about the battle royale concept and perfected it in their niche respectively and to be honest with you they get above ten points for that they get you know so it just I I would have to say that it should go into the hall of games but 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 I to be honest with you might put it behind a game like Apex. Uh, okay. I think even for sure. Well, I'd Does like that make to, sense? Uh, yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with you there. I, I, I will say, I, I'm definitely not giving the building aspect of it enough credit. I do not. I, I'm just gonna say up front, I do not want Fortnite in my hall of games. How dare you try to pick this trash? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you're the. I'm just the co-host. <laughs> no, but you, you, you bring up a good point. Like. I, you know, the building aspect, too, always reminded me of Minecraft, another cultural phenomenon, and another sure. kid product that I think yep. really captures people's imaginations. Yep. They were able to, and you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, Fortnite was able to marry that building, a bit of that building concept with a battle royale concept in a way that is wholly unique. And I just, maybe I just, as a lowly gamer, just didn't click with, you know? And I can see the skill. Like, if you go and watch Ninja, it is amazing, the stuff he pulls oh, off. Yeah. And, and some of the plays that people have over time, and obviously people see clips online and whatnot, um, I, I I have to concede the reality of the fact that maybe the gameplay isn't so bad as I'd like it to be, or as it seems to me, at least not inherently bad. I think it's hard to get into. I think... Most people who probably take their first lunge into it don't like it right away. I think that's a problem. Um, And it definitely repels people, and it has certainly repelled me in that way. But, uh, and you're right about the culture. Like, the way that it, and and I just went over the whole thing, Uh, the way that it has impacted our, even just day-to-day feeds on our our phones, like, it's hard to deny. Yes. Though deny it, I want to. Oh, I do. Um, but you know what? Oh, I can't believe. I'm if we were to this. have, if we were to have our Hall of Games in award games for like the the big reason why they got into the Hall of Games, what have we put in there so far? Like uh, we put in um, most of them just because I like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. But put you're in, right. We, you're right. There has to be a little bit more of a a reason. And I would say. So what we put in, um, shoot, what we just talked about it. it well, was, we did Luigi's Mansion, did not go in. I got did the Did not X. go in there, yeah. And then what was the game before that? that Breath of the Wilds. Breath of the Wild, of course. So you have to have, like, what is the, the reason that we put in Breath of the Wild? And to be honest with you, the Breath of the Wild gets into the Hall of Games because it just embodies the word breathtaking. But to to be honest with you, Fortnite. The only reason I'd say it gets into the Hall of Games is not because the, the because again, first impression is terrible. The user interface is awful to me. Um, the gameplay is clunky. Sometimes it feels childish, you know. But the only reason I'd put it into the Hall of Games is because it's such a cultural phenomenon that is genuine and that is what a developer should want to. Mm. 
do when it comes to pleasing their fans. That's true. That it, it has to go into the Hall of Games, in my opinion, because of just how well it has pleased the majority of people that have played it. I'd like to think that the Hall of Games only has dang good video games in it. <laughs> like, if I wanted to, like, define it in that way, like, Breath of the Wild is a dang good video game. You know it what is. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I don't think I can explain Fortnite in that way. Like, I'm at least actually not, with you. I, I'm, I, it's hard for me, but you're right. You're right. There's more to it than that. Like, I cannot deny the reality and the powerhouse that it's ha- like the the way that it, this game has affected people, the way that it still affects people, the way that yep. it has won the hearts of kids throughout the world. And you know what? I'm gonna have a kid who listens to this probably, you know, five years from now, and he can form a better argument. These <laughs> kids are morons, and explain it to me in a way that really does click. You know, I think I think Josh, we could be more exclusive with our Hollow Games for sure, and we could perhaps, as far as the conversation like we've been leaning towards, I think we both favor Apex, and it might be that Apex takes the role of best first-person shooter in the Hall of Games, but you have to honorable mention, tip your hat to the culture that Fortnite has created, and you're maybe right. for you the know, best cultural phenomenon, that's why it gets into the Hall of Games. You see what I'm right. saying? Like it different would be- categories. Yeah, different categorically. When people think of the word video game now, they think of Fortnite. Like they that's do. just a reality. That's exa- it's synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. You know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> but I, I just want to be clear, not for because it's a first person, not because it's the best battle royale, but just because of this cultural significance of it. Yeah. No, you're right. No, I agree. It there's there's touchstones in the video game culture that you can like in the video game industry I mean that you can look sure. back on and see how they have shifted like these specific games have shifted the way people even thought of games Fortnite is one of those for sure it, you can't deny that so um, I guess welcome Fortnite my hands and arms <laughs> are open and at I the will, same time, your hands and arms are tied. <laughs> at the same time, yeah, it's they're open because they're tied up against. I don't know. I'm picturing some flaying object yeah. like in Game of Thrones. Oof, actually, that's terrifying. Um, yeah. Regardless, Kachunk, this is another entry. I'm wincing and closing my eyes as I'm saying. This. I get it. I'm with you. Into the Hall of Games. Welcome Fortnite. With that in mind, this has been Bard's backlog. Um. Oh, actually, I just noticed something you wrote down here at the end, Jared. What is this? So I found a, uh, a consignment shop, actually, a little classic Genesis game console. It plugs into your TV with those old AV cords, you know? Okay. And uh, it has over 81 games on it, Sonic and Knuckles, the first three Mortal Kombats, and a, a bunch of others. I'm excited to dig in. That'll probably be on next week's games we play in, and I'm excited. It's a classic. Sweet. No, that's awesome. I've actually been looking into actually getting that very same thing. I have two I have the Nintendo Entertainment System classic game console and then the Super yep. Nintendo Entertainment System, which were both bad buys because they ended up making most of the, the, the good games on there available on the Switch anyway, which is where I ended up playing Super Metroid. <laughs> gotcha, so I bought these gotcha. things. They're more like desk things at this point. But the Genesis sure. one in particular, you can't really get in any other form. Uh, so that's awesome. And I'm excited to hear about that as well. So, with that in mind, this has been Bard's Backlog. Thanks for listening. Again, you can find me over on Twitter, at VideoGameBard. I haven't been as active as I am hoping to be in the coming weeks. Um, 
and then Jared at Jared Tiba in there as well. If you'd like to submit questions for next next time, uh, we will be, and I'm, I'm going to try to announce ahead of time the game, and in this case, we already know. We will be covering Nino Kuni, The Wrath of the White Witch, next time that we meet. So if you guys want to submit any questions about that particular game, feel free. Any questions for the default segment and what that could be would also be welcome. Um, and with that in mind, thanks for listening, and we will see you all see ya. next time. <laughs>